Okay, it looks like time to start. I'm going to turn the lights back up for just a second. I just, I wanted to let you know that's where we're headed. Um, we probably won't get to this one today, but hopefully on Friday, you know everything. You've got all the language constructs you need to do this one, so we're kind of, I'll sort of work up to it and we'll talk about what's happening with it. Um, anyway, I just thought, just sort of, have you help you pay attention to know that we're headed towards this thing? So notice the stars are sort of twinkling at, at different rates, and these random shooting stars are showing up. So so we're headed there. Um, I actually posted that onto that. Somebody had shown me, and we didn't end up doing much with it. That there's this site, uh, Open Processing. I actually posted this one and another one early on in the quarter, but that's okay. All right. Somebody have a question that they'd like to get us started with today? Yeah. Sure. The review questions. I prefer to call them review questions instead of quizzes. I know I know e-commerce calls and quizzes. That's kind of confusing. I wish I could change that. Anyway. Well. well Like the first element or the last element? Yeah, what's the last element? It wants you to print out the last element? Can, can, do you, can you read the question precise? Well, right. What expression would you use to obtain the last element of an array that has 100 elements in it, right? So the expression to obtain the last element, if it just wants the expression, the, like, like if I ask you for the expression of 2 times x, right? you write 2 and an asterisk and an s and an x. So the expression, if the name of the array is x, it's x sub something. right? That's how we do subscripts in Java. Right? And the thing that goes in the brackets, there are actually two acceptable answers here. The key thing that it's really testing, other than the syntax, is that you've already figured out from the reading that the elements in an array are numbered from 0 up to length minus 1. So if it's asking for the last one, and how long was the array? 100. So that's one answer. The other answer which is, in some sense, an even safer and cooler answer, is this one. Which will be correct no matter how long the array is. This one's only going to work because it happened to be 99, and I'm pretty sure my automatic checker would accept either of those. So again, the way you get it at an element is that, and we're going to get there today, but everybody should have read it by now, so that's a fine question, is x the square brackets in the, and a numeric expression that's the value of the seat number, if you will, right? But they're not seat numbers, they're, they're array indices. Um, and the key to remember in Java and C and C++ and C Sharp and many other programming languages, for reasons I can explain if I get around to it, um, start at zero. So computer scientists like to count from zero. And it really has to do with how far are you away from the beginning point? And the first one is zero distance from the beginning point. That's why we start at zero. Um, as, and as you should have read, given a variable that refers to an array, 
using this expression, which we understand this now, right? This is the same thing as, um, you know, ball dot x, ball dot x velocity, right? This is just saying, give me the length part of an array, because in fact, in Java, arrays, if I can be anthropomorphic for a moment, arrays know their own length. So an array knows how long it is, you simply have to ask it, and it will tell you how long it is, how many elements are stored in it. To answer your question? Anybody else? Quite pertinent to today, yeah. You bet. You bet. Okay. All right. So, shall we just jump in? Well, before I do that, I, I, I like I had this in here from before, and I decided to do it. Um, so, write a method that takes one integer as a parameter, call it n, and returns the sum of the numbers from one to n. And actually, you know what? Let's 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 warm up with a quick clicker question here, so I can get some more feedback from you today. <clears throat> yeah, I like I got answers as people bumping the, as they pull them out. Okay, so the question is, and I'd actually like you to work on it while you're talking about it. So combine two things. One is. Um, I'd like a few of it to take a minute to begin thinking about this on paper. If somebody has time and it can actually submit something to us using Ubiquitous Presenter, that would be ideal, although I don't know that we're gonna, I'm going to give you quite that much time. But the clicker question is a simple A, B choice. All right? And the question is, does this method require the use of an array? And if the answer is yes, use A. And if the answer is B, Give me no. So, does this method require the use of an array? So, you can go ahead and answer that, and also talk to your neighbor about writing the code here, and in about two minutes, I'm just going to work it out here, and if somebody's managed to submit something to me in, in time, that would be great, and we can look at your code. Question? No, I'm asking if it requires you to use an array. That's the question, all right? I'm not saying, I'm not even going to say goodness or badness. Well, require, right? Is it absolutely, is, do you, can you do it without an array? Um, I'm going to guess that your battery is is really low, although I'm not sure why it doesn't say a low battery status. Yeah, there it's blinking. So the problem is it doesn't have enough power to send a signal. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you can ask around and get luck. What kind of battery is it? It's just a AAA. I, have, I definitely have AAA at home. Yes, maybe there's an odd chance somebody's got one. Anybody got a AAA battery you can loan this guy? Oops, oh well, anyway, sorry. Mm, sorry, I, you know, I'd, I'd be overwhelmed with those. You're not, so if you want to just leave the day, if that makes you feel good, but you're not going to get credit, it's a small part of your grade. It's a small part of your grade. It's okay. Figure out the percentages, it's pretty small. All right, so... Um, 
All right, Does any, has anybody managed to submit me anything? So I'm going to stop this. Whoops, not everybody's voted yet. I'll leave that for just a second more. Oh, come on. You've had three minutes. It got quiet. Everybody, who's, who's, already, who's got us an answer? Raise your hand if you've got an answer. Well, only a couple of you got So why do you get so quiet? You know, let's go ahead and work it out. It would be best if you did it yourself. All right, I've got to stop that. Um, for those of you who are paying attention to these things, so here's the vote. So there's 40 people in here that think we need an array, and most of you think we don't need an array. So, <clears throat> I will comment that those 40 that said you need an array have not mastered some of the other examples that have been presented in this class. So what, what piece of code was shown in class that's very similar in structure to what this is asking for? Does anybody remember what that might have been? I actually did. I didn't have you do it, but I actually had a piece of code up that does something that's structurally very similar. Yeah. It certainly involved a for loop, but it wasn't involving drawing. Yeah, taking something to a power. If I take something to a power, you're just multiplying it times itself a bunch of times, right? So that's all this is. Did I get any submissions? I didn't get any submissions, and I don't feel like waiting, so we're going to just go on here. All right. So, yeah. All right. So what do we need to do here? It's a method, uh, takes one integer, call it in, and returns the sum. So probably want to return an int. You could put a float, but they're just, it looks like they're integers. I don't know why I would need a float. We need to give it a name. Sum sounds like a good name. And it takes one integer parameter. N seems like a perfectly fine name. I don't think anything more descriptive here. It's just an arbitrary integer. And what does it need to do? If I asked any one of you, to compute that, now some of you would be clever and know that there's a, there's a short way to do this without a loop, right? Who knows the short way to do this one? Haven't you all heard this? Oh, God, you must have. Oh, wow, that's terrible. So I forget who's it attributed to. Some math teacher asks some high school, elementary school math class, and it gives them the problem, okay, everybody, I'd like you to now add up all the numbers between 1 and 100. And boom, somebody's hand just goes up just like that. Like, whoa. How do you do that? Haven't you heard this? Don't you know this? Yeah, I've heard I don't know. Who, who was it? Yeah. Gauss? I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, think about it, folks. Let's take an easier one. 1 to 10. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. That's a 5. 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 and 1 is 2 and 9 is 3 and 8 is 11. How many of those 11s do I have? Five, right? N divided by two times N plus one. There's the answer. Anyway, but that wasn't what I expected you to do. I expected you to actually do it with a for loop. But anyway, there is a smarter way to get the answer. That was just an aside. Back on track. You can think about that later. All right, that's not really, anyway, the key for this class. So if we didn't realize that, because we're not as smart as Gauss or Einstein or whoever it was that did that, then we would go, oh, if I needed to do them, what I'm going to do, I'm going to add up 1 and 2 and get 3, and I'm going to add 3 to that and get 6, I'm going to add 4 to that, and get, right? We know how to add something to something that we've already got, right? 
So the key of this is it's going to be something like sum is equal to, uh, let's don't call it sum, let's call it answer. Answer is equal to answer plus something, which way would you like? Do you want to start with the big one and add them up or do you want to start with the little ones and add them up? I tend to start, I would start it at the beginning. I don't know why. I, would just be, I could start at 100 and go 100 plus 99 is 199 plus, and then I lose it at that point. You need a calculator. But anyway, so I'm going to add something here, I. Right, and now what do I need to have I do? Just go from 1 up to N. If I goes from 1 to N, I added in I. I added in 1, then I added in 2, then I added in 3. We all know how to do that. 4 int... I equal, well, you could add in zero. That seems kind of a waste. One, I less than or equal to N, I plus plus. I don't even really need curly braces here. And I, what else is, what's missing? Maybe there's my, I should add another clicker question. I'm missing one more thing here, but I can't figure out how to make that an ABC choice. Uh, too many, sorry. I'm missing two things. You're right. Return... R-E-T-U-R-N, return, answer. I'm still missing one thing. I need to tell it what answer is and give it an initial value. Let's start it out at zero. There we go. So set, the, set my counter equal to zero, and then just start adding in the numbers from one to n. Right? We all know how to do this. Yeah. Right? And if I change this to be a 1, and I change this to be a multiplication sign, then this suddenly becomes factorial. Right? They're very structurally, that's the same thing. It's just a whole idea of accumulating something. You have to have a point to start, right? Who did I just lose? You're the only honest guy in the room? <laughs> really? Let me try this. Okay. So did I lose you with the sum one or with the product one? The factorial one. So you know what factorial is, right? N factorial is N times N minus 1 times N minus 2. Right? I just multiply them all together. And that's what this is going to do. If I started at 1, it's going to kind of wastefully do 1 times 1, and then it takes whatever that is and multiplies it times 2, and whatever that is multiplies times 3. When I'm done, I've multiplied all those things together, and that's the answer, right? So it's a pattern. It's kind of things say, oh, yeah, so maybe some other problem will come up that will be like that. You'll know how to do that, right? I'll leave you here's an exercise for the reader. Modify this function to now take the, the one I had before that sums. Have it take two numbers the beginning and the end, and I want to add up all the numbers between n and m, m and n, right, as opposed to 1 and n. So don't always start at 1, start at some other number and see if you can modify it and make it do that, but not now, that's on your own time. All right, does not need an array. Be careful, I've, I'm sort of break, making a point of that now because I've repeatedly seen in past years, students, I give a final exam question and I, and I put up a question and somehow they think they're supposed to use an array, right? We don't, I didn't ask you to remember all those numbers, so, so think twice and only use an array if you really need one. And so somebody was asking, is even optimal? There's no reason to use an array here, right? Now, you could, of course, fill an array with all the numbers and then add up the things in the array, but 
Why? We don't need that. Right. So be careful. Think, think about it. Say, did I really need to remember all of those things? Right? Or do I just need them once and then I'm done and I can forget them? Right? I sort of take each of those values of I and, I'm, and then I'm done with them. All right. So here's the light class that we were looking at last time. And I'm going to use this in an array example in just a moment. But before I get there, I want to make sure we all understand the light class and what it's doing. This is your chance to ask me some questions about that. And I've got a prepared clicker question here for you. So, as it says here, and I've sort of blocked it to make it all fit on one screen. So there's the, um, I don't have the light class itself, but in fact, you don't need it to answer this question. Everything you need is on the screen here. And if, that, if you don't believe me, then you should talk to your neighbor about it. And the question is, how many methods and constructors? So if I lump those all together, because constructors are really like methods, how many methods and constructors do you have to have for the code that's shown here, the code here and the code here? Right? That we didn't, that we spent some amount of time talking on. I think we had, a, we did it with all this, right? Yeah, we clicked on them and they were toggling and stuff. So the question is, how many of those are there? So look at that. Make sure you're familiar with that code, and then we're going to go on and we're going to use this in an array. Okay, uh, I'd, I'd like to make a little discussion here so if I can get the final votes in there, that would be good. Still coming in, 75, going once, 78, we got a few absences today, oops, 79, oh, oh, okay, I'm going to stop there. Um, well, that's interesting. So... Again, uh, majority doesn't necessarily rule here. We have a nice, almost kind of weird distribution there. A lot of votes all over the map. Um, so, uh, well, how many constructors are there? Yeah, there's three constructors, right? Because there's one that takes two integers. There's one that takes two integers and a Boolean, and there's one that takes two integers, three integers, the third of which is um, the size of that thing. So maybe some people made a mistake because they somehow thought that was like 
the constructors are all one, but I consider those distinct things. So there are three different constructors, and um, I'm going to let you vote again. So same question. Um, there are three constructors, so your choice is now, surely it's got to be at least four. I'm only going to give you a minute here, so work it out with your neighbor. It doesn't take that long to count up to six if that's where it is, and it's certainly not more than that. So I'm going to give it just until uh, 1 minute 30, and then I'm going to stop it. Got quiet. Or if it gets to 179 sooner than that, I'll stop it as well. Some holdout still. All right, so uh, that's interesting. A lot of people think it's six, but I got a couple of holdouts there for four and um, four and five. Um, I'm not sure. Somebody has to help me out here. I'm uh, so that seemed like the hard part was the three constructors, right? There's three. Show. There's four. Clicked. There's five. Looks like six to me. I, so somebody that voted something other than six want to help me out. And I'll, you weren't alone. So I, I don't mean to be making light of it. I just don't know what your misunderstanding is. So I don't know how to fix it. Um, nobody wants to venture into that water. Yeah, Michael. So, right, so all of these things are defined in the light class, which we did look at last time, but we don't need to see it. Whenever you see something dot, something with parentheses, that's a method call. can't be anything else, right? This syntax says there must be a method called show defined for objects of whatever that is, in this case, objects of type light. And that's not a constructor, it's a method as well. It's the same thing, right? This one happens to return a Boolean. This one doesn't return anything. This one doesn't return anything. So these, this show and toggle probably return have a void type, and and clicked has a Boolean type as its return type, right? And they're all methods. Two of them don't return anything, and one of them does. Yeah. Yeah, so do you understand now? or Is that clear? Right, so the choice of terms, the constructors are the ones that come after the word new. They have the same name as the class. When we see them, they look like methods. And it's basically a way of saying, run this code 
every time you make a new one of these things, and that's why we use the word new, it basically says make a new one and run the code. Right? And in this case, we can choose three different pieces of code to run in order to initialize it. For the first one, and when we go and look at the code with the first one, it uses a default value for the size and a default value for whether it's on or off. For the second one, we use the default value for the size, but we, we explicitly said that we wanted it off. And for the third one, we use the default value for whether it's on or off, but we gave an explicit value for the size. So we're allowed to have different sets of parameters that invoke different constructors. That's what we call that thing. Invoke different blocks of code that are used to initialize the object. How does the computer, I mean, the program know the difference between the two constructors? Because it knows that they're types. It knows that those, there's two integers there, and it looks for the one that's got two integers. Then you can't do that. Right. No, it wouldn't, wouldn't allow you to do that. So that would be a compiler error. And the compiler is going to say, wait a minute, these two things, I don't know how to tell them apart. So just like you would be confused, it would be confused too. But in this case, it's not confused because it can tell them apart. That was, as I mentioned last time, that was a fairly um, novel programming idea that we could, in fact, have methods or functions two functions with the same name that differed only in their arguments. Because that didn't used to be the case. They, the names always had to be unique. But we realized, like, wait a minute, the, com the computer can figure this out. So the de designers of programming languages added that feature, and it's fairly common nowadays. Yeah? So the only way that processing can tell... Java. Or Java can tell apart uh, the constructor for light 2 and light 3 is because light 2 has a Boolean and a third Exactly. It needs to know the types, and it cares about that. Java is what's called a strongly typed language, so it really knows the types of things, and, it, and they have to match. Exactly. There are some conversions it will do. For example, if you, have a, if you only have one function and it takes a float, if you pass it with an int, Java's okay with that. It'll turn the int into a float for you, although it won't go in the other direction. Um, technically, that's what's called a widening conversion. It basically says, I'm not going to lose any important information, although going from an int to a float, you actually can lose a little bit of information. But the key thing is the sign and the significant digits won't change. You won't cause a positive number to suddenly look negative, which you might going in other directions. Yeah. Yeah, so let's pull up the code now. So, it wasn't important for that question, but it's certainly important for what I want to do right now. So here's the light class. And you see, now I didn't have to put that diameter equals 15. I could have just put diameter, in which case the default would have been 0, because we've, we know this, like those global variables defaulted to numeric Global variables defaulted to zero. We realize they're just instance variables. Instance variables do have a default value, and in the case, the value would be zero. But I've chosen to give it a value of 15 unless it happens to get overridden, which it does in the constructor that takes three integers. Right? Same thing with the Boolean. Uh, Boolean, I think, defaults to false, but I wanted it to be true, so I assigned it to be true. That code happens when the thing gets constructed, and then it runs this code down here, and it might... Oh, we were messing around here. We're, we're, uh, sorry, we're, you're still in there, wherever he is. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah? Because I have three constructors for light. Uh, that seemed like a circular answer, but I don't know what else to say it. I wanted to be able to construct light given just two integers. 
construct a light. I want to be able to construct a light given three integers. And I want to be able to construct a light given two integers and a Boolean. And this is how you do the last. This is how you do it with that. That's how you do it with that. I could have yet another constructor that constructs it with nothing. Right? At the moment, you can't make a light and not pass it any arguments. But I could have added that. I see your hand. I'll be right there. I'll be there in just a second. We could actually toss one more in there. I could say light. And this says, if you try to say new light and don't give it any arguments, what do you want me to do? And I don't know. Maybe I'm going to say, you know, x equals, you know, 99. I don't know. Whatever. I could do whatever I want. Right? It would be kind of silly. I don't know why I would put it at 99. But, yeah. Sure. The way we draw the light is down here in a method I chose to call show. I want to emphasize, you can call it anything you want. I used to call it draw, but then students get confused because there's this other draw thing, so I call it show, right? Call it update. We, for the ball, it was called update, right? doesn't matter. Something descriptive. So in order to draw it, I turn off the stroke. I decide whether it's going to be filled with the yellow color or some gray color. I draw an ellipse, and I sort of try to give it a little bit of a stem coming down. Okay? Yeah? Um, for light one and light two, is the default on? The default value for a light is on, so for light... Uh, whoops, we're in the light array example, sorry. So, um, that's the code we're headed to, sorry. Um, so, in this example, light 1 is going to be on and light 3 is going to be on, correct. Right? All right, yeah, Michael. No, they're on because when I constructed them, I didn't provide a value for on. And on is being set by default to be true. And when you constructed it with two integers, this didn't change it. So it stays on. And when I constructed it with three integers, they don't change it. So it stayed on. The only one that changed it was the one that's off the screen here where I passed in a Boolean and then I put the value of Boolean in there. Okay? All right. Yeah. Yes? It's because I have three different constructors, I'm allowed to do that. And I just wanted to make sure I called each constructor once. And you don't have to call each constructor. Of course not. I, they could all just take an X and a Y. Right? All right? Okay. So what I want to do now is, I, and I don't have it on a... Well, yeah, let's, let's, do, let's go through these slides first. So the, topic, the new topic for today is arrays. 
it's like seats in a row, right? The seats have numbers, right? So it's a, it's a collection of places to store things, and you can store anything there. You can store integers, you can store booleans, you can store stars, you can store rockets, you can store houses, you can store humans, whatever you can make. You can store strings, you can store lights, whatever. We can store anything in there. You can store arrays. <laughs> and then what do you have? A 2D array. If it's an array of, right? So each row is a row of seats. And when I have a row of rows of seats, then I have, you know, this, which, this kind of arrangement here. So anyway, so if, if each of those rows is a, an array, right? You can think of, I don't want to go there right now. Anyway. So you can store anything in these. So we've got these arrays, and there's lots of really powerful, and we'll see several sort of nice examples that fit into what you've been, some of you have been wanting to do this quarter. So what, can we, what do we need to be able to do with an array? We have to be able to make one. You all did the review question, so you know how to do that. Now you say new, the type of the array that you're going to make, and how many of them you want. So we need to be able to make them. All right? We need to be able to give them a name. That's where we're going to use the assignment operator and say, here's a variable that's going to refer to that array. We need to be able to put stuff in them. And students get a little bit confused because we see this kind of notation, and it's really used for three things, right? It's used when we make it. If we put new in front and x happens to be the type, then I'm making an array. If x is a variable, then I could use this to either put stuff in or take stuff out. So I have to be able to address these things, yeah. refer to them, right? So we make our array with new, any type, no qualifier there. Any legal Java type can go here. And then a square bracket, and how many of them are going to be, and a closed square bracket. That gives me back Somebody want to tell me technically what it gives me back? That's an expression. Now, what does it give me? I'm going to choose your words carefully here, Michael. No, it doesn't give me the 50th one. Yeah. It gives me an array of length 50. I'm looking for something a little bit more precise. One of length 49? No, he's right. It's 50. It is 50 long. Yeah. An array of integers? Um... That's still not where I was going. I'm not going to ask you now that I know what you're doing. Yeah, Rashad. Array of 50 from no, no. Was there a word I used last time that nobody's picked up on? I want to see if it was in there. If I pause long enough, then it'll maybe it'll stick. But yeah, I'll settle for that. Is, is it Miles? What's your name? You're Miles. You guys have got on my my little picture sheet. I'm confused because you guys were changing seats the day I took pictures. What's your what's his name? What's your name? Logan. Anyway, so he called it the address. Remember, what was the word I used? Reference. Java calls it a reference. So technically, that ex the value of that expression is a reference to an array of 50 integers. Right? So that's really what it is. Okay? So here, this declares our first array to be a variable that will refer to an array of integers without specifying how many integers will be in the array that it refers to. So in fact, our first new array can refer to an array with any number of integers in it. At this particular point, we initialize it to point to an array that happens to have 50 
integers in it. All right? And as one of those review questions asked you, can you change the length of an array? Well, no. You can't change the length of the array, but I could change our first array to point to some other array that happens to be a different length. So you have to distinguish between having a variable that always refers to an array of a particular length, which is not a restriction in Java, versus the array itself. And that's because it's good, as soon as you can sort of separate these two things, the thing from referring to the thing, right? So there's this, there's the object, and then there's ways of referring to it. And it's good to try to separate those, because that's really what happens in Java. So and then to put stuff in it, we can use this, note, this notation on the left-hand side of an assignment operator. And of course, to get stuff out of it, we just use that ex same expression that we used here, any place where we might put a value of the appropriate type. Yeah, Nick. What part of this is the array? Um, I would, you no, know, you can't separate the int 50 from the new. So if I was going to say that's sort of, that is the array, but it, which is as close as we're going to get, but that, and I already said, that's a way of referring to the array. The array is sort of floating out there in this magical place called the heap. Right? It's a part of the computer's memory that we refer to as a heap. You can think of it as like a pile of stuff. It has the technical reason why it's called that, but we don't worry about it right now. It's just this place where all that stuff is stored. When you say new int 50, it, it allocates some space in your computer's memory for those 50 integers and then gives you a way of referring to it. So I, I can't put my hand on it any more than that. Our first array, so if I was going to draw the picture, so let me draw the picture I want to make here. Whoops, that wasn't what I wanted to do. And that wasn't what I wanted to do either. God, if I could remember how to use this stupid computer, I would be, be good, wouldn't it? All right, let's see. This is what I want to do. So if I was going to do this, and I will be doing it a lot, you've seen me do this before, right? Here's our first array. That box... That place in the computer's memory will hold what? Thank you. A reference to some array. It might be null. You can think of it as zero. In which case, it's not referring to any array. But then the array sort of shows up somewhere else in the computer's memory. So somewhere down here in this thing that we call the heap, and that's not important. Down here is, there's my, my 50 integers, right? There's my 50 integers. When I say new int 50, it, it gives me this space, right? It says, there's where I'm going to put your 50 integers. And if you don't do anything with it, it'll just fall on the floor and get forgotten, like you've seen me doing some other kind of silly examples. But if you take that value and store it, as I did here by saying our first array is assigned to be new int 50, that says, let this refer to that array. And technically, what goes in that box is just a number. It's the, it's, the, it's the number of which byte this is, right, in the computer's memory, right? I've got two gigabytes, and it's one of those two billion bytes is that one. It's some number that refers to that particular seat, right? That number goes in the box. I prefer to just draw the arrow because I don't really care what the number is. So... And if I decide later on in my program to say our first 
array is assigned to be new int 10, that makes a new array down here of 10 things, right? It forgets this, and it makes it now point down to there. Notice the other 50 integers are still there. I just can't refer to them anymore, and, and Java notices that, and when it notices that, then it will release that memory and let somebody reuse it for something else. But that's, that's a detail we don't need to worry about. You could also, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not follow this line of reasoning too much further. It would have also been okay. I'll take that one, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. So I could, I could declare, instead of this line, I could have instead said int nick. And then I could say nick is assigned to be the same thing as our first array, right? And at that point, I have a second variable, nick. And it's pointing also to that 50 numbers. And, it would use the same and it's the same one. There's just one. Charlie McDowell, Professor McDowell, Charlie, Dad, Son, Mr. C. I don't know if he ever calls me that one anyway. Chuck. I hate it when they call me Chuck. Don't do that. Right? That's all me. Right? They're all different ways of referring to me. They're aliases. Java lets you have multiple aliases for the same thing. It's important in Java that assignment operator... Where did it go? Uh, here. That assignment operator does not, if does not, if these are not primitive types, it does not make a new thing. It just moves around an alias. That's the point. As soon as you start doing that, that's when it becomes important to realize it's really a reference. So I figured we might as well start and get it right at the beginning. All right. Let's uh, see if we can't make a little bit more progress here. We're not even going to, woo, yeah. Okay. So, um, so let's take our light example. So we'll get back to some code here and have a little bit of fun with this, with this array of lights. So last time we had just three lights because I got tired of copy and pasting it. But you see here now, I've now made an array of lights. And I've decided that the size of my lights, I'm being a good guy and not making magic numbers. The size of the lights is going to be 10 pixels each. Um, here, I actually make the array. Remember, that first line says lights will refer to an array of lights, but I haven't made the array yet. This says make an array, make it have that many elements in it, because I actually want enough lights to completely fill up. I'm going to make a whole diagonal of lights here. So I'm letting the number of lights be a function of the size of the light and the width of my display. Make that many of them store a reference to that whole bunch of lights you just made in this variable called lights. And then, here's a, I still don't have any lights. That's a mistake. I actually made this mistake when I was first learning Java because that was an odd concept for me and it didn't fit with what I knew before. Now, in some sense, you guys don't have the disadvantage of knowing something about how things used to work so you can sort of take it clean. But be careful. When the code finishes executing that line, I actually find out who heard what I just said. I actually said it once. I'm not going to say it again. I'm not going to tell you the answer. I'm going to ask. Let's get this quick clickers going here. Fire up your clickers. See who's got this. So the question is, this program is executed, and it's finished this line that says lights equals new lights, and it's not started the for loop yet. Okay? 
The question is, how many light objects have been created? And you've got two choices here. I have to write it someplace so you can remember. So you have two choices here. Um, A says, I haven't made any lights yet. And B says, I've made whatever that is, width divided by, width is 400 divided by 10, I've made 40. All right, how many lights have I actually made? None or 40? Tide is swinging heavily. Talk to your neighbors. I said that I sucked a few people in by saying that. Okay, we can't take too long in this. Two minutes, I'm going to shut it off for sure. Wasn't there a review question that was just like this? No? I thought I had a review question that was like this. Ten seconds. I think that's all we get today is 179. All right. Hmm. Is the majority right here? So in order to make a new light, what expression needs to get evaluated? In order to make a new light, what expression needs to be evaluated? New. You need to say new light in order to make a new light. And when you get to here, uh, oh, that sort of looks like new light, doesn't it? It kind of looks like new light, but that's not new light, is it? What is it? It's making an array of references to lights. So that's just a bunch. What I have done is essentially created 40 variables that will eventually refer to a light. This loop then goes and says, ha, make a light finally, right? That's an open print instead of a square bracket. It's about making an array. This is making an array of I'll say it again, references to lights, you don't have any. If I don't do this, if I don't put this for loop here and I run this program, what's going to happen when it gets to here? Actually, it's going to happen right there. I know it'll happen when I get to here. What's the value of lights bracket I bracket? Null, and so I'm going to get a null pointer exception as soon as I get to here because I don't have any lights. So I have to go through this loop. This loop says make a bunch of lights, and I'm putting them at an xy that is a function of i, just like those little, all those little boxes that we used to draw, so that now when we run this program, just that easy, we now have 40 of these lights all spread along the diagonal, right? Okay, well, now that's not too exciting. 
But we can do some more stuff with this before I go. Are there any questions about what's happening here now? So this creates the lights, and this, this um, causes them to show up. I'm not redoing the background here because nothing's really happening, so it's not become an issue yet. Question? Yeah. So, yeah, let's see. We're using the one that takes the three integers, which is the x, y, and the size. And at the moment, I'm making them all be the same size because I didn't want the default size. And they're defaulting to being on. Yep, good. I'm hearing some chatter. I'd be happy to take a question. I like questions. It lets me know that I'm talking to at least one person. But you have to ask me, not your neighbor right now. Yeah. So why do I have I times light size? So light size is this number 10 that I decided is how big my little circles are going to be. And when I is 0, this is at 0, 0. When I is 1, it's at 10, 10. When I is 2, it's at 20, 20, 30, 30, 44. And that makes them move along the diagonal. Right? Okay? So um, now I'm going to just let you see that we can do kind of fun things with with arrays. Um, in here, I'm going to throw in a little bit of code. And I'm going to say if I'm going to try to make them toggle on and off, and I don't want to have to be taking the time to click on all of them, and I want it to be some kind of sort of randomish looking thing. I times frame count um, mod 60. <clears throat> equals zero. So what I'm going to say is if I'm going to take the, the light position I'm at, multiply it times the frame count, because I have a couple things changed, see if that's evenly divisible by 60, and if it is, I'm just going to toggle the light. So lights i dot toggle. Alright, so this just says Right, when i is 0, then uh, what's it going to do? Oh, 0 minus 60 is 0. It's going to toggle all of them, so they're all going to go off. But anyway, um, so then we, what did I do? Lights. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the wrong place. I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm in the wrong loop here. X. Um, i supposed to be doing this down in the draw, not in there. There's where I wanted that. And now the indenting's off. Oh, oh, now you see my magic code that we're going to use later. All right, so here we go. So now if we run this, right, you know, just that easy, we get things all, everything's changing now, right? I've got this whole array, right? And suddenly I've, I can manipulate lots of things. And they're changing up some kind of, you could sort of study this and figure out, it's like those Christmas lights, right? These weird algorithms that people come up to make the lights blink in different patterns, right? So you can experiment. We can put different things in here to make them do different things. But the point is, I've got this loop. I've got this array. I can now operate on lots of things at once. Questions about this? Yeah, I, I have to sort of think about, could I have predicted that that's exactly what the pattern was going to be? It's, I have to sort of think about it and go, well, not really, right? So um, anyway... It creates some weird pattern that I... Whoa, there they all went black again. That was wild. Questions? Um, yes, sir. So, well, I is just a number. 
in every frame, it says for each, so every time you get ready to draw the light, all right, I look at the light's number, I multiply it times the frame count, and if that's a evenly divisible by 60, then I toggle the light. Just an, Excuse me? No, no, frame counts that global, that system variable that processing gives us, it just keeps going up once per frame. So within a single frame, frame count stays the same. Right? In frame one, it's one, and in frame two, it's two, and frame three, it's three. It just keeps going up, right? Remember, we used this. We used to play around and make that and make things move, right? Right? So you could, you could mess around and put different things in there if you wanted. Let's see. I think I, what did I do first? I had, uh, um, Well, I mean, you could do something s simple. If I just did frame count instead of I, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen now? They'll all go together. They're all going to, they're just all going to toggle on and off together, right? Because in each frame, either this is true or not. So every, every 60 frames, which is every two seconds, it toggles them all, right? Yeah. If this was like I did without an array, I would have to have 40 lines, you know, light 1, light 2, light 3, light 4, light 5, light 40. And then I'd have to do, I, and then this part would be completely impossible, right? I, I mean, I, I just couldn't do it. I don't know. I mean, my brain would blow up, so, right? That's what, I mean, arrays have really given us a lot more power. Yeah to sort of algorithmically operate on a large set of objects. Okay? Uh, well, I had one other change I was going to make to this, but I'm not going to worry about it. It's not, it wasn't significant, and given the time, I'm going to move on. I actually think I have a clicker question for you now. Oh, God, not another one. He's clicking us to death today. Yeah, I see that. I'm, I'm getting there. Thank you. Um, so here we are again with the lights. So there's something different. So if instead of doing that little thing that I just did, um, instead if I put this bold-faced code in, in place of the one that I had that was doing the toggle, what happens? All right. So nothing happens because the plus plus and the minus minus sort of balance each other out faster than you can see anything happen. Um, the lights seem to jiggle a little bit kind of moving back and forth. Half the lights move one direction and half of them move the other direction where it's every other light. Or the top half moves one way or the other in case if it's the top half, which way is it moving? So those are your choices. See a lot of people not talking, and I really want to encourage you to talk to your neighbor. That's what this is about. This is called peer-to-peer -peer instruction. Your neighbor's going to teach you what I'm failing to do. 
Yeah, so the light class isn't up there. So that X is the the there was an X there was an X on a Y and a and a size and on or off. So that wasn't yeah. You bet. It's what it, it's what the name implies. You got it all figured out? Then it, you can explain it to her then. Yes, ma'am. So a couple of people asked me, what's X? X is an instance variable in the class light, right? That tells me where I'm going to draw the light. That was, so that's, we should have seen that. That was in the light class. It's one of the fields. Remember that? Does that answer your question? You weren't the first one to ask me. That's why I decided to share it with everybody. Right? There was an X, there was a Y, there was a diameter, and there was is on, right? I think, was that it? I think that was it. Those four variables. Every light has those four parts. All right, there's two minutes. Let's get going here. Come on, let's vote. These holdouts. If you want to get counted, you might be right. Oh, there's 179. I think that's the magic number today. All right, so I got a lot of a lot of votes here for C, right? All right. So you know what? I don't. I think we'll, you can. What's happening here? Let's uh, let's just find out. Let's just do it. So here's the code. What am I supposed to put in here? I'm supposed to say. Um, what was it doing? If I mod 2 equals 0, then light sub i dot x minus minus, else lights sub i dot x plus plus. All right. And when we run this one, oh, some bad things happened. Oh, what happened? Yeah, right. I knew that was coming. I just thought I'd let you see that because I actually made that mistake earlier. I tried this. So if this is at this point, before the lights weren't moving, so when I changed them, they were redrawing on top of themselves, and we didn't notice that the background wasn't being redrawn. At this point, we really need to have the background get redrawn. And so at that point, i got to be fast because there they go. All right. So every other one, right? So now we can do all sorts of weird formations by doing other things, by putting more complicated expressions about how we increment and decrement, right? Questions about that code now that you know what the answer is. Right? Each time, each frame, it visits each light, and for each light, it says, is my seat number even or odd? And if my seat is odd, I'm going to go left, and otherwise I'm going to go right, and I'm always going to go left, or I'm always going to go right, because my seat number doesn't change. A lot of chatting, which is sort of good, but yeah. Question. Yeah, well, go for it. Unrelated. I'm ready. So I've, I've been asked the next Wednesday question before. So.
The mic is back on. <laughs> I already did that. Anyway, other questions? We Yes. This is not I divided by 2. This is the remainder operation. I'm not going to take time to describe it again now. That's what's left over after doing an integer to division. In your elementary school class, it's the part at the bottom when you, before you learned how to do the stuff right at the decimal point. Okay? <clears throat> Short answer is, it, in, in when you assign it equal to 0, it says the thing is evenly divisible by that number. All right, you guys are chatting and not asking me about this example, so I'm going to go on to my next example and get us started, at least, on the starry night. So this one doesn't have the... Um, this one doesn't have the shooting stars in it. We'll get to that. That's a little bit more complicated, but we'll get to there. But there were people early on in their first one or two assignments. How many people in their first one to three assignments really wanted to make some stars that stayed in place or had stars that sort of jumped around and did kind of wild things, right? Okay, so the problem is each frame you needed to remember where all those stars were, and you had no way of remembering lots. And, you know, star one, star two, star three, like the lights, right? She was asking me, what's her name? Bumper, yeah. You were asking me about making lots of lights. You know, what would I do? Here's what the stars. How can I make more than three or four stars? It becomes really tedious, right? So, hold on, hold on. I'm talking loud because you're talking. I should just stop doing that. All right. So, here's an example. And I'm going to use two arrays. There are many other ways. You're still people talking over me. There are several ways you could do it. So what we needed to do is we need to remember where the stars are. All right? It turns out we could make a class called star, and that would be an interesting exercise, but I'm going to keep it simple for now. And we're just going to have an array of integers representing the x values of all the stars. And I'm going to have another array of integers representing the y values of all the stars. And it looks like I've got 1,000 stars I'm going to create. Imagine trying to type those out one at a time, right? That would be crazy. So I've got 1,000 stars. i got this one loop. The loop goes around a thousand times, and it just says, set each star to some random value. I make the x be random between 0 and the width, so they're all in, in view. Likewise, I make the y values be between 0 and height. I go in here to my draw, <clears throat> just to make it clear that, that we are redrawing them every time. I'm actually drawing the background, so we're not cheating. You can tell that I could make things move, and it would still be there. And I have a loop. Again, going around a thousand times. I should stop putting that thousand in there. What should I have put in here instead of a thousand? I should do star x dot length and or star y dot length and hope and at least assume that they're the same, right? So assuming that they're the same, that would be better because then if I just change the length of the array, everything else would magically happen. Now I have to go ahead and change all those a thousands. That's a magic number, right? We don't like those magic numbers. So I pick a random fill value for my stars. And then I draw a little tiny ellipse for each star, picking off its x value out of one row of numbers, its y value out of the corresponding place in the other row of numbers, and make them these little 3 by 3 things. And I get, let's see. Whoa, what happened there? Oh, I didn't expect to have this up here. One second, sorry.
So here is that program. Now, I've actually got another line in there that we're going to get to in just a second. So we're going to ignore that for the moment. They've been commented out. So here's what we get at this point. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, um, but, you know, although we do have stars sort of twinkling all in the same place, um, that does not look as good, quite what I expect the sky to look like. And the problem is that every frame, every star has its light change, and they're sort of all twinkling at the same rate. And I just, you know, this twinkling happens because there's these irregularities in the atmosphere. So what I wanted to do was to take this, and instead of just every frame giving each star a new random value, I'm going to create a third array. And in that array, I'm going to store the color for the star. Again, as many, or as many color values as I had x values and y values. And now what I can do is when I create this, I have to also create a color value for each star. And I give it a random value between 100 and 255. So I didn't want it to be too dark. There's just some shade of white, some shade of brightness. All right? And then inside of the draw, I'm now going to, if random 10 less than or equal to 1, about how often is that going to be true? 10% of the time. So, right? Because it's going to give me values between 0 and 9, and, and, and about one time in 10, it'll actually end up being between 0 and 1. So, 10% of the time, I want you to assign a new color to that star, right? But it's, it makes that choice for every star. So, every star makes its own random decision about whether it's going to change. I then use that star color, whether I changed it or not, in the star. And at this point, we get this one, which is, I think, quite a bit more effective. So you now, for those of you who are close enough, you see the stars are sort of twinkling at different places. We don't just sort of have this sort of uniform shaking of things. So it's, it's a minor touch, but it helps us pull, again, lets me put all the pieces together here of what we need. So here we are. We've got arrays. We've got loops. We've got if statements. We've got our use of random. Okay? And we have a, you know, a reasonable approximation. Again, it can remember where the stars are. It can remember the color of each star. And it can choose to randomly, at times that I can decide, if I want them to twinkle faster, I make this smaller. If I want them to twinkle slower, I make this bigger. Right? You adjust whatever you think looks right. right? And, I, <clears throat> and I just draw the star at, pick its color out of the row. Here's this row. I pick the color for, I'm, I'm number 57. I get color 57. I get X number 57. I get Y number 57. And I draw my little ellipse at that particular point. Questions about that example? Yeah. This random, we're talking about this random here? This random here? 
Yeah, random actually returns us a floating point value, and so I'm having to turn it back into an int because I don't want to store a float in my color. Yeah. Um, because that's the true Java way to do it. Processing has a little bit of a hack that lets you do it the other way. So this is technically how you do it. It's called a cast. This is the Java way. This is an, essentially an operator. It's like plus or minus. This is an operator. It says take that thing and tr treat it as one of those instead. All right. Um, processing lets you make this look like a function call by doing int, open paren, close paren. But in fact, if you put that into standard Java, um, it'll give you a compiler error. You don't like that. It's a syntax error. That, that's just, they just did that because they didn't want to have to explain that. Yeah? Why is there a fill before the statement and then a fill after? Uh, that's a waste. That's, that's, uh, doesn't do anything. It should have been deleted. Good question. Yeah? On that cast, could you convert anything into anything? No, you can't. So sometimes a cast will fail, and they'll fail in two different ways. The compiler may reject it, or in some cases the compiler might accept it in the case of when we're casting non-primitive types, the compiler might accept it and you'll get a runtime error called a class cast exception and there are rules about when it will, I can tell you in advance what, what constitutes what, but that's beyond the scope of what I'm going to talk about now. It looks like you guys are done. So, see you on Friday.